0: This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump Podcast. A podcast where everything is fine, nothing is ever wrong. Stay the course, nothing to see here. Everything is fine, no matter how few people are listening, and nobody's paying attention, and nobody's doing anything based on anything. We say it's all fine, it's all good, we're just going to keep going. Everything's fine podcast in the history of the world. Speaking of which, I have with me someone who actually is always fine, always staying the course, always making incredibly monumental great things happen. It's the world's greatest podcast co host, Mr. Everett Farnell. Oh, Steve,
1: you're always so generous and I appreciate it. I got to tell you, things get a little crazy sometimes. Get to a point where you're taking up more bandwidth with the downloads. Suddenly somebody comes along and they want to bump your fees or you're doing more podcasts. Now we need some support personnel, but there's a chasm there that we got to jump before we actually get the support personnel. So if things get tough and things get hard and you just got to work through it, you just got to bang through it and make sure you get to the goal because whatever your goal is, to take the castle, you got to cross the moat, baby
0: all right that's a lot of stuff there which all uh leads to the logical conclusion dear listener that the lesson learned this week from donald trump the topic is how donald trump remains strong and steadfast at least on the outside from what people can see even in the face of things crumbling all around him and that's a strong and necessary leadership trait so that lots of stuff is going on in trump world this week i'm sure sure you've seen we have the largest trade deficit in history where he's campaigned from day one on how unfair trade deals in the trade deficit has to be cut. Well it's the largest ever despite all his ongoing efforts. Oh blah 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 they come after him for that. Illegal border crossings are up to a record high, higher than they ever been, and Trump was supposedly he was the wall And no one's coming because Trump's going to deport them all. But nope, they're coming in and they're staying in in record numbers. The jobs report that just came out just before we're doing this recording is the lowest one since... I don't know, two years ago, only 20,000 jobs added in the last month, incredibly putting a brakes at least not negative, but putting some brakes on the Trump economic train. You got his fixer, henchman, unethical lawyer parading himself out for all the world to see, airing all kinds of dirty laundry. Trump can say all kinds of things, and all his minions can say, oh, well, the guy Michael Cohn's a liar and can't prove anything, whatever, but it can't be good, of course to have a guy going out and alleging all these kind of crazy things. And then he got North Korea just flaunting in his face and everyone going, see, Kim always lies to everybody, and he made fun of Trump, and Trump went all the way over there, and now Kim's rebuilding the nuclear sites. He's not only not disarming. I mean, just if anything could go against Trump in the last week, it did, and yet Trump cannot be seen, and dear listener, that's a lesson this week, is you cannot be seen when you're in a role of leadership, because in business, we all know it's ups and downs, things aren't always rosy. When things are tough, you can't be seen to be flinching, to be panicking, to be worried at all. You've got to remain steadfast as a leader, and you've got to understand, you've got to convey the message that in order to accomplish anything great, usually you got to take some steps back, you got to break some edge eggs to make an omelet Absolutely.
1: I mean, what business owner has not been in a situation where everything that they do seems not to work? No matter what they do, no matter how well it worked in the past, no matter what's going on in their life, their business life, nothing they do seems to work right. And this normally happens when you're doing a lot of massive growth. It normally happens when you're making a big change in the company, you're moving somewhere, you're acquiring another company to kind of bolt on the side of your company, whatever the situation is, you start hitting that wall. So a big thing is for like solo. Doing first, they start off, most of them are broke, and then they work and they hustle and they do this thing, and then they start making some money, and that's really great. So now they're making some money, but now they get to a point where they're working 60 or 70 or 80 hours a week, and they don't have enough time to get everything done. They need some help, they need an not
0: only is the time so, ever, but you're right on, they also don't have the resources to handle when sales start coming in. Holy right. crap, I have clients, that's fantastic! Yeah, the bad news is now I need to serve them. Now what the heck, I'm so you're busy doing everything time. else. Now I actually have to serve the clients. I forgot about
1: that part. So what happens is they start bumping up against that, and they don't know how to grow because they don't have the revenue to hire somebody. And of course, some of these, there, there are some options now with VAs and this kind of thing that in the last 10 years that have become more available. And but by last, VA, dear
0: business. listener, Everett is not talking about a hospital for uh, people who came out of the war. He's talking about a what's known as a virtual assistant, virtual meaning assistant. you don't have to have a local live person sitting in your office every day that's a very expensive you can hire someone in some third world country who will work for ten dollars a day and do everything you need to get done
1: and some businesses can take advantage of that some businesses are not set up where they can take advantage of that
0: some businesses have yeah last have i checked you things. know when i go into a uh, a dental office so the person at the counter is actually a person at the counter it's exactly. not somebody so in the th- philippines charging ten dollars a day so although that's that case- the future robotics and <laughs> right. you know you can walk in and talk but, to a tv get-
1: screen you get to the point where you have to kind of bridge that gap. You have to increase revenue so that you can hire somebody, or you have to reduce your income so that you can hire somebody so that you can get to the next step. And, exactly. and basically, you just have to do extra work. You have to do more work until your revenue comes up. You just have to work through it. And it sucks. Well, that, that's the bottom the line.
0: We all know, we've all experienced, unless you are just, are just starting out or you have such a small business that you don't really sell anything, you never have any stress or troubles that every time you want to grow, that's where the saying comes from. You've got to break some eggs to make an omelet. You don't just say, I'll have an omelet and nothing gets broken. Things get broken to get better. If you break a bone, the doctor will often break the bone. Sometimes they will induce Re-breaking, a coma. Yeah. If you ever been to a dentist, I remember when I was a kid and I was telling my parents, I don't get it. You told me I have a cavity, which I didn't know what it meant, but now you told me cavity means a hole. Then why is the dentist have to drill? I don't you get it. But There's already a hole. What a scam you just given me unbelievable amounts of stress and pain. Why does he have to drill if the problem is that there's a hole? It's a scam. Right. I don't get it. But the point is exactly. they explained, well, you have to drill. You have to clean out the hole. So it has to get a little bit worse and painful and then we can fill it in and make it better. So every business owner knows this. I mean, if you're especially if you're in construction, if you're redoing a kitchen, don't you have to first take out some sledgehammers and break everything up and tear it all down? you got to break some eggs to make an omelet, that's what Trump is going through, and that's the lesson learned this week, dear listener, is when you're going through those times, don't panic. If you got to explain it to anyone, you explain it that way, and you let them know this is, it even has a name called growing pains. These are the pains of growth. These are the pains of success. We're going through this to get something better. So we mentioned the trade deficit figures at an all-time low. You know, Everett, I saw something, read it somewhere, I think I read it somewhere, where the The anti-Trumpers went out where they never venture into actual America in the middle of the two coasts. Other than the city of Chicago, they never go anywhere near actual 90% of the area of America. But they went out there to say, right. aha, let's go out to these farmers and let's interview them. And we're going to get some great anti-Trump sound bites from the farmers in the Midwest that are actually supposedly the staunchest Trump supporters. So they went up and they said, you know, OK, so now he's killing you with this trade war with China. Because you can't sell your grain, it's piling up and rotting in your silos, and China won't buy it, and you're going bankrupt, and what the hell? Don't you hate Trump? And I just remember the response to this article was, you know what, here's the thing. I grew up at a time where I had it relatively easy. My grandfather, my father, a lot of people in my family went away to war and served, and I never did. And so I consider this, this trade war is my war and i am making my sacrifice for my country because i know in the long run what trump's doing in the trade war with china is for the best and for the best for me and for all the farmers so i'm buckling down and i understand i'm not getting shot at and i'm not going overseas and i'm not sitting in a bunker in zero degree weather all winter like my father and my grandfather did before me so you know what i can put up with this tough one year and getting a lower price of my stuff i can deal with it this is my battle, I'm fighting, I'm sacrificing for my country. At which point the interviewer just put his head right between his legs and scrammoosed out of the (laughs) middle of America, never to be seen again anywhere but on the East Coast. Never! So sorry he ever went there.
1: And here's the thing. I, I, that's a perfect example. And just to bring it down to a business owner, how many times have you heard clients? You know, you're talking to them about how to increase their sales, and they just say, "I know. I have clients say this kind of thing to me all the time. They say, Steve. I, I just don't have time to implement this marketing. I just don't have time to get this automation set up. I just don't have time. I'm working all day, every day at the business. I've still got to cover a bunch of stuff. I've still got to. We call that so busy
0: staying broke. They don't have time to make money.
1: And when they say that to me, I always say, oh, oh, you're working from five until eight or nine at night every day and on the weekends." Well, no. Okay, so the answer is you're going to have to go home and talk to your spouse and tell the kids, you know, mommy or daddy or whoever's got to work on Saturdays for a couple of weeks. Mommy, or daddy or whoever's got to when I get home at night, I'm going to have to do two or three hours worth of work. But in the long run, you have to put in a little extra time, go through the pain, because what then happens is that little bit of extra work, just like any investor is supposed to do will pay dividends and now you will have enough revenue to hire the people so that you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off all day every day from nine to five or nine to six with an hour for lunch
0: really great point you know the memory for me personally i remember because i wasted three years of my life going to law school and i couldn't stand it i didn't like school to begin with i don't know what well i wasn't really thinking at all but but i There I was, and I would walk down the hall, and most of my classmates were doing what you're supposed to do in law school, which is study all the time, like you say. They understood that for three years, they're not eating, they're not sleeping, they're not seeing their family, not doing anything. Their nose is in a book, and they are just reading and studying nonstop all the time. The two or three hours a day in a class is nothing. They go right back to their dorm room or the library, and they're studying 10, 12 hours, which, of course, I had no stomach for, but I remember that later on when I started my first business. I said, you know what? I'm going to treat the startup of this business like I was supposed to treat law school. I'm going to sacrifice and work nonstop all the time like everyone around me did back then only this time instead mm-hmm. of three years of that just to get a piece of paper and by the way pay a hundred thousand dollars for it. I'm gonna do this for a short time and I'm gonna start making a lot of money and own a successful business. And so you're right, it's that mindset of I'm going to go through the pain to get to what's better, which is what a wage, that's why we're business owners, because a wage worker, a nine-to-five worker, an employee, doesn't have that, usually have that deal going on in their life. They punch the clock exactly. and they go home.
1: A friend of mine, a brilliant marketer in the physical culture space, Matt Fury, once told me that the Chinese have a saying, eat dinner to taste." Sweet. You've got to eat bitter to taste sweet. And that's exactly what it means. You've got to do the work in order to get the reward. And if you don't do the yep. work, you won't get the reward. No pain, no gain. And while you're doing it, you've got to look like everything is 100% under control. You've got to feel like everything's 100% under control. You've got to be a leader if you have the. Well, because you have customers, customers, you have
0: clients, you employees, clients, vendors, vendors, a family, you have all kinds exactly. of people looking to you, and you cannot sit there while you're going through the pain before the gain when you're eating the bitter before the sweet when you're breaking the eggs before you get the omelet when you're drilling the teeth before you get to fill them in while you're going through that you cannot put forth oh this sucks life is terrible this is miserable you're gonna mess up your whole business exactly exactly so you see trump that's the lesson learned this week you'll see trump attempting to not cower in the face of all the anti-trumpers coming after him which i guess it's just natural for him to do anyway because they come after him After him when everything's fine. So he's like, that's fine. They're coming after me all the time. Trump's good at it. That's how he beat 16 opponents in the primaries. That's how he beat the most powerful political machine of all time in the general election because he's able to weather the storm. That's the lesson learned this week from Donald Trump. Speaking of which, as always, we have an advanced tip of the week building on that to an even more advanced, lucrative, and important lesson to be learned this week from Donald Trump in the face of adversity. And for that, as always, dear listener, you simply go right over, right now, to Lessons Learned from Pick up that advanced tip and put it to use in your business.
1: You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump. Make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you
0: like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.